Hey you, thank you for joining me for episode number 117 of Better Regulate Than Never. I'm just going to take a deep breath right now and uh, just sink into peace and relaxation. We had a big wedding in our family this weekend. And truthfully, I usually record my podcast way before the day it's going to come out because I like to get several episodes done and really think about how I want to do the newsletter and all the things. But this last week was crazy with getting ready for the wedding and there's other things going on and starting to think about this women's summit that I'll tell you about later. And I, <laughs> I mean, I had an idea that actually came to me last week about what I wanted to talk about, but I am recording it the day before this goes out. So it's so crazy, but we had a wonderful time. My youngest stepson got married and it was just, it was beautiful being with family and friends and it was a beautiful ceremony. And, but if you've ever been involved with a wedding, there's a lot that goes into it ahead of time. Then the several days before is like craziness, decorating and coordinating all the people. And then there's the actual event itself. And then there's the cleanup. So I think today we're finally back to normal or mostly back to normal at our house. And I can't wait to be back in my schedule. Cause if you guys know me, which you've been listening, you know, I love my schedules and routines. So I'm ready to be back in that. Like I said, this idea for this episode came to me just this last week when I was listening to a podcast, which I do every day at the gym. And I also listen to music too, which is really fun. But um, for part of the time I listen to a podcast and there's so many that I listen to, I just pick one, but it happened to be Brene Brown's podcast and she brought up something about empathy and I was just like mind blown about it. Like it, I was like in shock for a while, just thinking about what it meant. And so I wanted to talk to you about it because empathy, I've been teaching about empathy since the beginning of my career, because we would teach it in the classroom to, you know, think about how your classmates feel or put yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, that's like something we teach our children. And then, of course, I was teaching it in the classroom as part of my counseling duties. And I love the idea of perspective taking, you know, put yourself in the place of another person and feel their feelings. And so I want to tell you how I used to teach it. And now what was what I wasn't thinking about and how I want you to think about it. So for years, the lesson was sympathy versus empathy. So sympathy is feeling sorry for someone thinking, oh, that's too bad that happened to you. Poor you. Wouldn't want to be you, you know, where you're not really, I don't want to say you don't care because you do care that things happen to people, but you're not really that into it because you're not imagining what it must be like for that person. You're just like, oh, that's, that sucks for you. And so then for empathy, I said, empathy is feeling the feelings of someone else. So I 
would say that you don't have to have experienced what the other person is experiencing, because of course, we don't have all the same experiences in our life. But I would tell the students, you know, I know what it feels like to be angry. I know what it feels like to be sad. I know what it feels like to be confused or whatever emotion we were working on. And so then I would give them the example, you know, somebody in the class's grandparents might have died or a grandparent might have died. And maybe your grandparents are still living. So you don't know what it's like to lose a grandparent, but your classmate is sad. And you know what it feels like to be sad. So you can imagine their sadness or how they feel sad because they lost their grandparent, even if you haven't. And I would tell them that in my counseling office, kids come to me with all sorts of things going on that I've not experienced in my own life, but I can feel their, the feelings that they are feeling because I've felt all the feelings. And so that's how I used to teach it. And then I also wanted to make sure that they knew that even if you have lost a grandparent, You can't say, oh, I know how you feel because there's many different circumstances when someone dies. For instance, someone dying suddenly when they were totally fine yesterday and now they're gone feels different than someone who suffered in the hospital for months and had a really painful disease. And, you know, they could understand that even though sadness is the same, or, you know, they both feel sad. They feel sad in different ways because of the circumstances or, well, because of how they think about the circumstances, but I didn't know that then. (laughs) So I also talked about, you know, maybe one person's grandparent who passed away, lived next door to them and spent almost every day with them or even lived in their house. And so they were seeing them every day and that person passes away versus, I only saw them twice in my life, or I only saw them once a year, and they lived states and states away. So we talked about even if you've experienced it, you can't say, I know how you feel because we don't ever know. But that's kind of where I left it. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And I want to rethink how I taught that and give you some new information that I heard this week. And actually, I felt bad. I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I taught all these kids wrong. I taught my own kids wrong about so many things. But I think that that's a normal thing that happens to everyone. It's not like everything that we've ever learned or taught, you know, we didn't have to rethink it later. I mean, think about all the things that you might have been taught at one point, and then you realize, oh, that's really not the way it is because we get new information and we should always take that new information and then decide how can we incorporate that into what we are doing now. In episode 72, the ability to rethink anything, we realize how important it is to keep refreshing our ideas and take in new information, revise our thinking sometimes. And I want to rectify my former understanding of empathy and give you a new way to think about it. So during those lessons on empathy in the classroom, we would talk about how point of view, the perspective of a person matters. So we did the story about the blind men and the elephant. And if you don't know that story, and it's told in different ways, and so you might know it in a different way, or you might 
um, well, there's many different ways to tell the story, but this is one of the ways. So these, uh, there were six blind men and they had heard about what an elephant is, but they didn't know what an elephant actually was. And so these six blind men were, had the opportunity to touch an elephant. Cause of course, since they can't see, they have to touch things and use their other senses to try to figure out what does this look like? So it mattered where the blind man was at on the elephant when he was using his touch. And so, for example, one of the blind men put their hands on the elephant's side and they said, oh, I know an elephant is like a wall because it was like so sturdy and heavy and big. And then another person was holding or feeling the elephant's tusk. And they said, Oh, no, it's not like a wall at all. It's round and smooth and sharp. It's like a it's like a spear. And then another one was holding on to the elephant's trunk. And they said, No, none of those things are right. It's like a snake. And then the fourth one was feeling the elephant's leg. And they said, No, that isn't right. It's very it's round and it's tall like a tree. And another one was feeling the elephant's ear. And they said, well, that doesn't make any sense. It's like a huge fan. And then um, the sixth one was feeling its tail. And they said, it's like a rope. And so we would use that story to say, you know, depending on where you are in your life or what kinds of things you've experienced, you see the same thing differently. And so That was one of the ways. And then we also did optical illusion pictures where, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen these before, where like there's actually two different images in one picture and like you would show the picture and and I would ask the students, like, what do you see? And some kids would say, well, I see a vase. And another, other kids might say, oh, I see two faces. And then the other, they would question each other like, well, I don't see that. And so we would show in the picture how you could see the vase or how you could see the two faces, but how they were the same thing. So anyway, that's how I taught perspective taking and how you could different people see things differently. Here's an example that I remember from my own life. And it's not the, obviously it's not the only example and maybe it's not the best one, but this is the one that came to my mind recently when I was thinking about this episode, that when I was right out of high school, I remember thinking about people who were trying to immigrate to this country and people were talking about illegal immigrants like they still are. And I remember at that time thinking, well, that's weird. Why don't they just become citizens? Because you can become a citizen of the United States. Why don't they just do that? Like, why are they doing it illegally? This doesn't make any sense to me because I'm thinking about it from my middle-class white perspective where if I want to go be a member of another country, I can probably just go do it. And truthfully, I don't know if I can do that or not, but in my mind, I'm like, well, just go and do the, I knew people could become a citizen of this country and you take a test and that's all I know about it because I don't need to do that. And so then I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, we'll just go do that. Like, why don't, you know, that, that seems easy, but, and the word privilege wasn't used 
at that time, but that's what I was doing as I was using my white middle-class privileged lens to look at this situation that's way bigger than that and way more complicated and probably wouldn't even work like that because I don't know and can never know what it's like to experience that, that, but that person, somebody who is trying to immigrate here could tell me their story. And so the new way that I think about empathy is that what would be the most empathetic thing to do in that situation is to listen to that person's story and believe them and believe that it's difficult, believe that they can't do it legally, believe whatever it is they tell me, I need to believe that or at least understand that I don't have all the information. I don't, I don't have, I can't just put myself in that person's shoes because I couldn't ever get in that person's shoes. And I hope that makes sense. And I don't mean that like, well, don't even try to get the perspective of someone else because you can't. I just want to remind you, because I never talk to kids about this, that when I'm talking about, well, just look at the world through their eyes, my lens never is taken off. Like I always have to have my lens on because that's how I've been brought up. So I'm hoping this makes sense, but it it really made me think that, oh my gosh, it's not just as easy as to just, we'll just think like they do because, or feel the feelings of someone else. I think that's how I used to phrase it, but that isn't good enough because I should have been thinking, I should have been talking about how I can't just feel the feelings of someone else. And it's actually dangerous for me to think that I can just think like someone else because I can't. So this is what Brene Brown said in her podcast. And this is a quote. I've taken some part of it out, but this is this, these are her words that she used in her podcast, because this is what really like hit me in the face. The first step in real empathy is understanding that the lens that I use, the lens through which I see the world is soldered to my head. I can't take it off and pick up your lens. All I can do is listen and hear you tell your story as you experienced it through your lens and believe it as truth, even though it bumps up against how I see the world. So my job is to hear your star story and acknowledge it as truth, even if it's painful, even if it's got a jagged edge, which, which reminds me about the anti-racist work I have to continue to do. And I just love that so much. And I have always tried to help people, well, especially my kids, understand that we don't have all the information. Bringing up, well, me growing up in white white middle class, rural America, never having lived anywhere else. I've always lived in Kansas. And bringing up my kids in that same environment I was always telling them, we don't have all the information. We don't know about so many things because we haven't experienced so many things. And I, I think they both beautifully navigate the world with that understanding, but there was still so much I didn't know. I remember in my early college days, I took a multicultural class, which was really my first experience with any other cultures other than my own. And 
And I'm so sad that I had to be in college in order to experience that. But anyway, that's just the way it was. And um, I'm working on it daily. But we watched a film called El Norte. And it was my first experience with realizing that other cultures experience things way different than I do, things I had never thought about before. I had no idea what it was like for people who wanted to cross the border. My whole life was surrounded by just the same type of people and with the same kind of problems for the most part and the same kind of power and choices. And I couldn't imagine that there were people who don't have the same things because it just seemed like, well, I can do this so everyone else can do it. I don't think we ever have it all figured out, but please remember that when you are trying to understand someone else, that you never take your lens off and you must believe that what the other person is telling you is the truth for them. And don't minimize what they are going through because it doesn't make sense to you. Those immigrants that I thought should get citizenship would do that if it was easy, especially as, as, as it as easy as I thought it would be. Of course they would do that. Why would they do what they do? But I didn't know this whole other side, this other lens that I needed to look at in that situation. So today I just wanted to set the record straight that yes, empathy means feeling the feelings of someone else, but you have to remember that you can't take off the lens that you see the world with when you do that. So walk a mile in someone else's shoes. We can't fully take off our shoes and walk in someone else's shoes. I think we should always be trying to do that. I think we should always still be thinking about how it might be different for other people. I think we need to listen to their stories and believe them. But we just need to know that we always take our truth with us too. And we just need to remember that when we're thinking about how someone else should do something or we're thinking about their perspective. I also want to tell you about a women's summit that I am a part of in January. This week, you're going to start getting information from me in emails, on my social media, wherever about signing up to watch this virtual summit for women. There are, there's going to be many topics discussed during, and it's on a weekend. So even if you work, you will be able to attend it. And lots of topics are going to be talked about. You're going to be getting a lot of information about how to make 2023 your best year yet. And I'm going to be speaking on parenting and I can't wait to get more information to you, but we're kind of, we're creating all the people that are speaking at the summit. We're kind of creating our social media together so that it all looks the same, no matter who it's coming from, because everyone's going to be talking to their audience about the summit. So I'm just really excited about it. You're going to get so much out of it. And I can't wait to give you more information. If you want to start working with me one-to-one, you don't have to wait until January. I still have openings on my calendar in December to get your goals ready for 2023 or to work on your future self. You will soon be ending a semester and starting a new one. So why not work with me now to evaluate how did this, this semester go and how do you want to start your next semester? Go to betterregulatethanever.com or find me on social media. Anywhere, if you look up Better Regulate Than Never, it's, I'm on all, all the platforms. Uh, send me a message and we can get started. Talk to you soon.